The Deep South's oldest rivalry just a day away. Everyone has written off the Auburn Tigers. Is that fair? We talk about it on today's Locked On Auburn. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Ferg Friday to all who celebrate. We're celebrating today with Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. Depending on where you look, Jay Ferg, a four-touchdown underdog the Auburn Tigers are going into the Deep South's oldest rivalry in Athens tomorrow. Is that too much? I feel like it is. I feel like it is, and it's not a whole lot to do with what Auburn is, but it's. I think right now it's a little bit more with what Georgia is. Well said. George, Georgia messed around with Kent State. You know, had to come back to beat Missouri last week on the road. This Georgia team is not really clicking on all cylinders right now, especially on the offensive side of the football. And for Auburn, you know, the thing is, is like 28, 29 point spread. That's usually reserved for a team that's like really bad or has given up. I don't think Auburn's either of those. I think Auburn's not playing well. And I think they're they're well below what is expected of an Auburn team right now. We all can see that. We all say that. This team hasn't packed it up and packed it up yet. Yeah, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, Brandon Council's comments <laughs> earlier in the week is are kind of uh, a little bit of an indication of that. You, you okay with him? And for those who missed it, he said that the Auburn offensive line has a chance to demolish the Georgia defensive line. And I mean that that that's kind of paraphrasing it, but you yeah. okay with him saying it? Yeah, no, I mean, I I don't care if a guy says that or not. You know, yeah. I, I'm interested to hear what his coaches have to say about that. But um, you know, yeah, it's. Hey, have confidence, you know, go in there and and, and project that and uh, deal with the consequences if it fires Georgia up. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things there. But like, yeah, I, I don't think this team's kind of packed it in. And, and we haven't seen Georgia kind of really clicking since really the Oregon game. And they look so good in week one. And um, maybe they can get back to that level. But, you know, uh, Auburn, Auburn's in a position where um, – you know, they have a chance to potentially make a game of it and doing some of the same stuff that Kent State and Missouri were able to do. And I think the other thing is, is that Auburn's defense the last two weeks has stepped up and I thought played pretty good football, winning football uh, each each of these last two weeks. You do that against a Georgia offense that's not, you know, clicking right now. Maybe you have a chance to hang around in this game and uh, and make it a lot more competitive than people think they are. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's, when it, uh, that's what's going to go um I think that's what's going to happen. Wow, words. Circling back to to the Brandon Council comments and, you know, Georgia using it for bulletin board material and all that. I went on Doug Amos' TV show up in Montgomery yesterday morning, The Score, and he asked me, you know, what I thought about it. And I'm like, this isn't a game where, like, you need bulletin board material. This is Auburn, Mm -hmm. Georgia. I mean... All of these folks, you know, a big chunk of Auburn's team is from Georgia. They want nothing more than to be the first Auburn team since 05 to go into Athens and win. And Georgia's aware of that. Like, bulletin board material, like, that that's not a thing when Auburn plays Georgia and when Auburn plays Alabama and when Auburn plays LSU. It just, to me, it doesn't matter. So, if it's something that Council can do to be a leader and to, you know, maybe fire up the rest of the offensive line or, or, you know, the rest of the offense, to me, I, I love it. 
I, I love that they're still trying to show that they are aggressive. And also, Ferg, I mean, we can all say a bunch of different things about Brian Harson, right? And a lot of people are. But one thing is he has these kids believing that they can beat anybody, despite what's happened so far this year. This team believes they can go into Athens and beat Georgia. And you, oh, yeah. you, you couldn't say that for a lot of the Auburn teams of the last decade. Yeah, this Auburn team, there's a lot of belief in there. Um, you know, I think it goes back to something that I said at the beginning of the season where it's like, you know, if you're still playing football for Auburn University right now, you, you're, you're a true believer. You had an opportunity. You had plenty of opportunities and maybe plenty of reasons to go play somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of guys took that opportunity and went somewhere else and are playing somewhere else. Some of them are doing really well right now with that. Um, but, you know, if you're still hanging around here, you you believe in what's going on here or, you know, you just have this really undying loyalty to Auburn. And like either one of those scenarios, where whatever area you fall in on the spectrum on that, that's a good thing. You know, and, and, yeah. and this team, you know, we'll see what happens moving forward. We'll see what happens, you know, with 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 Brian Harson's future and, and how Auburn plays these next few games and all that. And what happens from here to the end of the season? I don't know. I don't think we're going to see a 2012. I don't think we're going to see that. From there. I don't know if Auburn's going to be necessarily that much better in the record book uh, than that 2012 team. But I will say this, packing it in, giving up. I just don't. That's don't not who these kids it. are. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't get that vibe from these guys. I just, I just don't. And things can change and all that, but like, I just, I don't get that vibe from the 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 people on this team and the and especially the leadership on this team. Yeah, I just can't see a locker room that has John Samuel Shanker, Derek Call, Brandon Council, Owen Papo in it, um, folding. I I just don't see that. And I think I think there are more wins on this schedule, regardless of what happens and when Auburn decides to make a change and all of that. I think your home games are winnable. I think Arkansas is not as good as people act like they are. I think Texas A&M is, in fact, bad. I think that's extremely winnable at home. Especially well, on offense. 100%. And so, like, that's going to be a low-scoring game that I think Auburn can kind of put itself in a situation to win in the fourth quarter at home. And then, you know, Western Kentucky's there. So, like, I'm not saying this is a, a surefire 6-6 six and six team by any stretch of the imagination, but, like, I don't think they're done winning football games. Yeah, and it year. could go. It could go south on them, you know. It, it and, could. And we will. So we will see when. We will see, you know, if and when Auburn's administration feels like they have to make a decision on Brian Harson, you know, and and whether that's this weekend or two weekends from now or, you know, the end of the season. Like, uh, there's a wide range of things. But yeah, I just uh, this team is. You know, you saw it with LSU last week. I think LSU's still a team that's got to figure a lot of stuff out and it's got some issues, but yeah. This team is not going to fold or pack it in. This team, though, is very flawed, right? I don't think they're I don't think they're a bad football team, um, you know, in terms of the talent. I don't think they are a team that's going to give up, but I do think they've got like some real deep seated issues that they've got to correct and they got to fix. Um, and it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to do those things, especially at this point in the season. Uh, but yeah, like I. I don't think this is going to be a team necessarily that, like in 2012, they just get the doors blown off of them, mm-hmm. um, you know, week in and week out. Uh, after, you know, a, a, about the midway point of that 2012 season, you knew it was done. It was done. And I, I just I haven't seen that or felt that uh, from this team. And I don't know if I'm going to. Yeah. All right. What can the Auburn Tigers do from a scheme standpoint? And also, we answer some of your listener questions, including, can Auburn fire Harson if they beat Georgia? tomorrow and we also get Justin's thoughts 
on the Auburn basketball season coming up as practices are up and rolling. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. If you have not downloaded this app, it is an extremely fun way to watch some games that you may not have a whole lot of interest in. Um, I love it for baseball purposes and, and with MLB heating up, you know, outside of the Braves, I don't really care about a lot of these act, uh, a lot of the action going on. But it's so fun with underdog fantasy, you can either do, they call them slips, where you can kind of, it's a stat prediction or projection. You can choose if it's higher or lower, and uh, you can stack those up on top of each other, went up to like 20 times whatever you're putting down, which is very, very cool. But I love the daily fantasy drafts, and you can do it for, you know, if there's just one game, you can do it for like Monday Night Football. Of course, you can do it for the full slate on Sunday. Um, there's so many fun ways to play daily fantasy when you download Underdog Fantasy. The app is free. You can go to underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the app store. Once again, promo code Locked On. Ferg, before we jump into some of these listener questions that are in the Locked On Auburn Discord, how can people sign up for the Observer? I think you're muted, buddy. Wow. Wonderful. I only do podcasts for a living. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, AuburnObserver.com. It's only $6 a month or $60 a year. Wow. I feel really stupid. Um, I couldn't form a sentence earlier, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, sign up there. Uh, you get emails of every time we post a newsletter or uh, post a, a podcast. We had a really fun podcast this week previewing Auburn, Georgia with our friends Ben Wolk and Jordan Hill cool. um, did a story, a breakdown on the middle eight. And boy, that was real depressing uh, for, for Auburn fans. To I read, felt I bet. so sad after reading that. Yeah, that was, that <laughs> one was tough. Um, did some Auburn basketball. I know we'll talk about that a little bit later. Did yeah. a story on Jedi broom. There's a lot of stuff. And then over the weekend, we'll have coverage from, from Auburn, Georgia post game podcast. Uh, and then whatever may come up uh, over the next few days, uh, auburnobserver.com. Check it out, uh, and like I said, everything we do gets sent to your email inbox so you can read and listen on your own time. It's the easiest way to keep up with uh, what we've got going on. That's right. That's right. AuburnObserver.com. All right, you mentioned some of the deep-seated issues with this, and we had a question from the Locked On Auburn Discord, and I can't find it right now, but what are some of these issues, right? I mean, what are some of these issues? Yep. I, I assume you believe most of it is on offense and I'd love for you to kind of go into that just a little bit. How how can this team fix some of this stuff? Well, I felt like Auburn last week on the offensive line played a little better. Uh, I think having Brandon Council at center and and you know, I thought the guards played played better. I thought you didn't have as many uh, pass protection issues, not as many breakdowns with communication. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you go to Football Outsiders, you look at their uh, offensive line stats that they updated this week. Auburn is in the bottom ten of the country in stuff rate. Oh. And sack rate. Sack rate is the easy one. You can tell how many times the team drops back to pass and gets sacked. Stuff rate is how many times is your uh, running game, your handoffs, your running backs get uh, tackled at or before the line of scrimmage. Um, Auburn's in the bottom 10. The only two power five teams that are worse than them in both categories are Stanford, who I believe is one and three, and Boston College, which is two and two and has looked pretty rough this season, or mm. two and three or something like that. Um, yeah, this is... This offensive line is what it is. I mean, we've been saying this for 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 years now. This was going to come home uh, at some point. 
lack of recruiting, lack of development there. Um, the guys who were in there, you know, are playing hard. They're trying their best. They've had injuries. They've had to deal with all these things. It's just Auburn's offensive line. This is just a years long issue that's really like come home for them. And because of that, they have a hard time keeping um, a uh, a young quarterback protected yeah. or having a hard time establishing any sort of running game, which can give you some consistency on offense. That's the big one. Um, additionally, and this goes for both sides of the ball, Auburn is getting blasted in the middle eight um, under Brian Harson. Uh, 87 to 13 is the is the spread. And, uh, and just real quick, for, for folks who don't know mm-hmm. what the middle eight is, yeah. it's the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. Yeah, Bill Belichick was was kind of the guy who made this famous in coaching. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, it's a game within a game, and it's because of the kickoff at, at to start the second half. Teams that manipulate the the, the middle eight the best usually are ones that win. Seventy two percent of the teams that win the middle eight in Power Five football go on to win their games. Auburn routinely gets beaten, and this season poorly in the middle eight. Yeah, and so that's a combination of focus, time management. Um, you know coaching strategy and this also goes into the defense. you gotta say Auburn's the e-word team. ferg you gotta say harson's e-word you gotta say execution, execution. there we you go say execution and this also like we can talk about how the offense has a hard time doing it but the defense you gotta keep in mind with the defense auburn's defense has allowed a touchdown in the final two minutes of the first half in every single game they've played this season oh wow every single one of them auburn has only scored once coming out of, out of the locker room in the second half they're 42 42 to 7 in the middle eight and again, if it's the game within a game, you can overcome that, but it's hard to overcome that routinely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's an everything thing. Like, like when you, it's time management. It's it's guys. You know, are, are the, is the defense getting fatigued? Um, you know, what's what's happening with the execution on offense? The fact that you can't be consistent, like you not finishing drives against LSU, Auburn. You know, scores on their first three scoring uh, trips, their first three scoring chances, and then doesn't score in the next four. Yeah, it's a lot of that stuff. So. Like, how can it get better? Uh, it can get so it can get better because, like, I think a lot, especially on offense last week against LSU, a lot of it was self inflicted. Right. You know, staying behind the chains, turning the ball over, doing that kind of stuff. But then also, there's some of it. It's just like, yeah, this 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 defense doesn't have a ton of depth, and I think they get worn down at the end of the first half. Uh, and then also just this the the offensive line when you don't have consistent offensive line play, it's hard for you to do anything consistently on the offensive side of the football, and that's really really come home. Uh, and the and the teams are only getting tougher from here. You know, you're going on the road. You're playing the defending national champions this week. Ole Miss is undefeated. You play them next week. Like, mm-hmm. this is stuff. You know, it, it only gets tougher. It only gets tougher from here. And uh, Auburn has established a pattern, especially right. since Bo Nix has gone down of not being a team that does much on offense in the second half. All right, so l- let's turn to the Locked On Auburn Discord. If you want to join this, uh, the link is in the episode description down below. Or if you're listening on audio, it's in the show description. Um, it's free. CND ask, what is the best possible, worst possible, and most realistic outcome for Auburn football this season? I think we would both agree that the worst case is they lose out, right? Yep. Yeah, that's that's the uh, worst case. And you somehow lose 100%. to Western Kentucky at home. Best case, uh, uh, that to me is where it gets... Make a ball game. Yeah. Yeah. And so your other, your other wins for that would be what? Uh... Arkansas, you, you you win your home games. Maybe you win your home games. Maybe you can beat State on the road. I'm not super impressed with Mississippi State. Oh, really? I'm super high on them. So uh, it's, be... it's it's a Mississippi, it's Mississippi State, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like Auburn's going to have more talent than them. But yeah, State 
you know, throws the ball exceptionally well. They, they we, are. We do weird they, things in Starkville, though, man. Like, that's a good point. <laughs> it's yeah, well, never a normal you throw, game. You love that in there. You love that in there with that. So, like, beat Western Kentucky, get two more SEC wins. You know, maybe that's your best case scenario. Your most realistic scenario, I, I think, is this is a team that may get one or two more scouts. So that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's only getting tougher from here. You know, yeah. like you talk about these home games, Arkansas is a team that has a lot of its has a lot of its ducks in a row. Texas A&M's got an insanely good defense and an insanely bad offense at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, they're going to make life really difficult on Auburn uh, when they have the ball in their hands. So yeah, it's is. Uh, I think you're most likely seeing this team probably finish with a, with a losing record. And yeah, I think so too. Um, and I think your best case scenario though is that they scrape scrape around and get get to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to rule that out. Um, it's just going to be really, really tough based on what we've seen the last five weeks. Right. Um, Wonderbeer asks, how many points does Auburn need to score in the first half to beat Georgia? And I think it needs to be like in the mid to upper 20s. And you just hope that the defense has an outstanding, an outstanding day in Athens. Yeah, maybe in the 20s. We've seen that the teens doesn't really ha- save you. It's not uh, quite enough. Yeah, it's close, yeah, but not quite enough. Ain't enough. Yeah, in the 20s, I, I would agree with that. It's going to be really tough to do that, though. Um, Georgia's defense is, uh, is is pretty is pretty nasty. I know they don't have Jalen Carter for this game, but, um, you know, they. Uh, this is where I disagree with uh, Brandon Council's take on uh, not trusting the guys behind them. Uh, uh-huh. They're all really good, and they they recruit super well, and they rotate them in uh, on the uh, defensive front. Yeah, it's it, it'll be really really tough to get to that, but yeah, maybe maybe you can make some wild things happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, Yak Games asks: With a win against Georgia, hmm. would it be logical to fire Brian Harson? And I'm going to expand on this just for a second. For like, I think it is a super interesting conversation, and I did it on the radio earlier this wow, week. Wow. Yeah. Where it's like, what if? And I was super dramatic and said both. What if he wins in Georgia and Ole Miss, which I don't think is realistic, but what if he wins one of them, right? Because the the rumor is it's going to happen after the Ole Miss game, before the bye week and all that. And it's like, can you fire a dude who just recorded a a top 10 road victory? Like five. Yeah. Number two two team in the country. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying like Georgia or yeah. Ole Miss, you know, because oh, Ole Miss, uh, yeah. Ole Miss the next week will probably be, what, eight-ish? Like, I mean, they're going to be a top 10 team. Yeah. I think if they beat Georgia, I think you're in a situation where you're going in and saying, okay, well, maybe this team isn't dead <laughs> in the water, right? Like, that's yeah. a lot changes if you go and beat if you go and beat a team like that. It doesn't completely change your your, your status in life. But it affects it a lot. It, it definitely would affect it a lot. Yeah, if they beat Georgia, it's like I think you're now coming into more of like, okay, we'll we'll fit we'll review if we're gonna keep Brian Harson around at the end of the season more than like in season, right? Like I think that's how that would changes. How how would Auburn fans react to this? Because so many Auburn fans are just so done with them. They would feel so weird because it's like, oh, yeah. oh no, more Brian Harson, but also like, but we beat, beat Georgia, Georgia on the, on road, the road, like yeah. first time something since 05. Yeah, something the last two coaches weren't able to do at all. Yeah, yeah. I, it would be a really weird, that'd be a really weird dynamic throughout the Auburn fan base if that were to happen. <laughs> it's so weird. And again, I, I don't think I don't think Auburn wins or sure. You know, but I think, I think it's think worth it's, talking I, about. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be pretty lopsided on Saturday. 
Um, but it's so weird that you, I have to sit here and think like, I can't rule it out. It's Auburn. Like you can't completely rule it out. I've seen, I've seen weird stuff here. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, that would be, I mean, you talk, I thought it was weird when you, you, you come off the Missouri game and it's like, that's a loss that you didn't lose. Right. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that was such a bad game that you didn't actually lose. And so, um, now you're at a point where it's like, okay, well, that would be so weird. It, so, it would so be weird, but also it would be like so Auburn at the same time. Yeah, it would be the it would be crazy good Auburn, and uh, we haven't seen a lot of that recently. But it exists though. Maybe, it exists. It it's out there. It definitely exists. Yeah. All right. Last question, and then we'll we'll get into some basketball. Mister Mischief asks, um, "Who wins in a fight, <laughs> a gorilla or a grizzly bear?" Grizzly bear. I think so too. Grizzly bear. Uh, the grizzly it's a weight are, thing, right? Huh? It's a weight thing. It's at a that weight point. thing. And also, you got to keep in mind grizzly bears basically have knives on their hands. Gorillas have, you know, fingers, you know, and mm-hmm. they can do a lot of super strong. Know. Yeah. But like, you know, if, if, if t- think about it this way if you got in a fight and there were two people of, let's just say, relatively the same size, but one of them has, you know, 10 knives sticking out of them when they, when they swing. I think you're going to go with that one. I think you're going to pick, I think you're going to pick that one. If, if you taped a bunch of, Oh, I can't use my fingers, but instead I have all these knives. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to take that guy. Does that mean you think Wolverine's up there when it comes to like superhero stuff? It's, I mean, of, of dudes with equal size, right? If mm-hmm. it, we're talking about physical combat, totally, yeah, man. Yeah. And he can rejuvenate. That, I mean, that, right. that's another yeah, thing, too. That's the other thing. That's oh, the other thing. The man, th- the man, it takes a lot to, to put the man down. No, I, I love that. I love that. All right, let's talk basketball in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Frisky Whiskey. I think a lot of us may need it <laughs> this weekend watching Auburn, Georgia. Frisky Whiskey is about 15 to 20 minutes away from the Auburn, Opelika, Lee County area. Right when you get into Georgia, you will see signs all over the place pointing you to Frisky Whiskey. They've got all the beer you could ask for. They've got all the wine, whiskey, vodka, tequila, whatever it may be. They've got it. They've also got a ton of mixers as well, so you don't have to worry about going anywhere else afterwards. It's right when you get into Georgia, and so they have different taxes and also their relationship with the distributors and all that. It's top-notch. You get the best prices imaginable. Be sure to check out our friends at Frisky Whiskey. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. You've been to a few practices so far. Just general big-picture takeaway, what you like about this team so far when you look at this Auburn basketball squad. I really like the physical makeup of this team. I think this team has the potential to be more physical than the team we saw last year. Um, wow. I, I think Janai Broom and, uh, and, and Yohan Treor and then, you know, some of the things we've seen from some of the other guys on the team. I think it's, it's that front court, not going to be as talented as Jabari and, and, and Walker, obviously, but sure. I think they're going to be able to be more physical on the defensive end. Uh, I think they're a little stouter in, in that area. I think they're going to be more versatile, um, you know, and, and they'll be able – like last season, you were going to play a ton of minutes with Jabari at the four. You are going to play a ton of minutes with Walker at the five. You kind of knew that locked in. This team's going to be a little bit more versatile. They're going to be able to mix and match more. Yeah, also in the front court, Jalen Williams, Dylan Carwell. These are dudes that are just tough guys, hardworking dudes down in the paint. Um, that'll help you out a ton. Uh, I think the backcourt um, – 
I think you can see, you know, from the from from what you can see in here, kind of from practices early on, you can see the difference in the fact that Wendell Green Jr., Zep Jasper, and Katie Johnson are back, right? They're not having to learn on the fly. They're really stepping up and being leaders. I'm really impressed with Wendell Green Jr. I, I okay. was last season. His numbers were off the charts good. You watch, you watch this guy, and again, can't get into a ton of details of what I see at practice, but I can I can tell you this. The way he's carrying himself and the way teammates are talking about him, um, the way he's carrying himself here in the early – like he's carrying himself like a dude who's ready to be the alpha of this team. And that's great because I think he's he's that he's that guy. He can be that guy. It reminds me a lot of when, you know, when Jared Harper made that jump, mm-hmm. you know, in his in his tenure at Auburn, his second season, of course, obviously his third season blowing up and going to the final four. Um, yeah, I, I see a lot of that same vibe out of out of Wendell. I mean, this is a guy who's ready to lead this basketball team and he's gonna I think he's gonna do an excellent job at it. Well, that's the position group that has the biggest questions, right? I think a lot of folks can say, Okay, yeah, you lose Jabari, you lose Walker. But there are clear answers to those spots, right, with, with the guys that they brought in. The biggest thing is, like, you didn't do a whole lot with the guards. You got Trey Donaldson coming in. But the guard production is going to be the three guys that, that we saw a ton last year, right? And, and, and it depends on what you get out of Chance and where you play him. Okay. Like Chance Wester is going to be a, a two or a three. Dude. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's, he's going to be a dude. for you. And then he can play some one, as we saw in Israel, um, mm-hmm. as be the primary ball handler. Do you think uh, that's a realistic thing that we see a lot of him playing the, cause then where do the other guys go? Cause Zepp can play the two KD, I yeah, guess I think, can play think, the two, but Wendell can't, see right? a lot of, I think you're going to see a lot of him playing the two this year. And yeah, chance okay. might be a guy that you see more at the, at the three, you know, moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, but yeah, it, I also think chance helps you out a lot. Cause you know, when you're on the floor, you know, for Auburn last season, they needed to have that Wendell Zepp backcourt, that one, two for to have like multiple playmakers on the floor, right. At the same time, this time, I think you can be a little bit more versatile because I think Chance can do a lot of that secondary playmaking for you um, and give you another option. But yeah, that backcourt, the, the interesting thing to me in the backcourt is going to be what they do at the two. Um, okay. You know, and, and it's going to come down to do you start Zeb Jasper or do you start Katie Johnson? I, there are pros and I don't even say there's a ton of cons. I think there's pros for each of those guys. Um, you know, Zeb, it, it reminds me a lot of when. Uh, and I said this last year in, in Oklahoma City Thunder, when they used to bring James Harden off the bench but start Thabo Cephalosha, it was because of his defense. And it was because, like, oh, we're going to start the game with a dude who's going to take care of the ball, he's going to play defense, and then that second unit's going to have this dude who's an unreal scorer come in for us. It's interesting because I think Wendell's going to be your guy at the one. Zep, though, like, do you start with Zep? Do you start with that defense and that ball control and that, and that you know, kind of – consistency and then bring bring KD Johnson off the bench. I love the idea of KD off the bench. Yeah. Or do you flip it around and say, Hey, we're going to hit you early with, and we know Katie's a good defender in his own right. Um, going to hit you with the more explosive, uh, version and hopefully a more consistent version of KD Johnson. I don't think you can go wrong either way. It's going to be really fun to see how, how Auburn kind of, uh, figures that what their best uh, combo there is. What is your confidence level? in the guards scoring more efficiently and more consistently this year versus the second half of last year. I think the first half of last year we we were all fine with, but the second half of last year. Yeah, I think I think there's a good opportunity for them to score more consistently. I think what you got from Wendell last season is going to be what you get, and it's really, really good. You know, you, I think he's one of the better point guards in college basketball. I think it's going to be the other two guys, right? It's going to be the Zep get more aggressive, especially when he's playing off ball with his jump shot, 
Um, it looks like he is he's really been working it on the, on that. And then for KD, it's just you got to get consistency, right? In games where Auburn won last season, KD Johnson was Auburn's third best player behind uh, behind Jabari and and, and Walker. Walker yeah. That statistically, he's he was just there. In losses, it was really rough. And he had that hand, he he re, he told us last week he kind of re-injured his hand um, in, in the Georgia game last year or something he had dealt dealt with in the past. His shot was completely different from deep after mm-hmm. that. Like that that was a big change. If you get him more consistent, you avoid injury there. I mean, go back to the first part of the SEC schedule last season. Katie Johnson was like nearly a forty percent three point shooter. Like yeah. he was killing it, especially from the corner. You got to get that guy out there a little bit more consistently. So uh, another year of experience, another year of training, you know, another year of just knowing what you're doing with those guys. I think there's a really good chance that you see that backcourt be, become more efficient this season, uh, and which is only going to help Auburn. KD's dropped like 20 pounds or whatever, which yep, is no, yep, which is 19 uh, pounds. 19 pounds. So so much of his game though is like attacking the basket, right? Is that a concern? At all, or is he just so much more? No, is he just quicker? quicker? Yeah, but, but as quicker, far as like just closer. you know playing that physical mindset, and you know, I mean, when you do that, you get beat up a little bit. Is is that a concern at all that he lost some of that weight, or is it all you think everything's positive there? Yeah, he, he he feels a lot more comfortable. He says playing at this weight, um, he he looks quicker. Um, he's more explosive. Uh, I think you, seeing him kind of run and jump and do some of these things and moving around, like it looks a lot better. That's great um, with him and. You know, that's his game. And he said it. It's like, I've never been – during COVID, he put on that kind of weight. And he, his first couple of years of college ball, he wasn't really playing at the weight he was comfortable with. He really worked hard this offseason to get back to his, his fighting weight. Now he's like, you know, 6'1", you know, 180, you know, buck 85, something like that around – or 189, I think, is, is where he's technically at. And, like, that's that's like quick attack, lightning fast combo guard kind of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just going to give him a ton more confidence. Ferg, one more time. How can people find you, hear you, read you, all that stuff? AuburnObserver.com, $60 a month or $60 a year. Get all the all the newsletters, all the podcasts sent to you. Uh, and then uh, follow me on Twitter at JFergusonAU. Yep, worth every penny, AuburnObserver.com. We'll be back Sunday morning for a little morning after. I will be doing that show live from a hotel room in Foxborough, Massachusetts, and then walking over to the Patriots game after that. So be sure to tune in. We will be back on Sunday. This has been Locked on Auburn. Auburn.